Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. And we're on a journey to improve our marriage, our family, our faith, our fitness, well, just about everything. Along the way, we might accidentally give a tiny bit of solid advice, so join us as we chat each week. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We are talking about five must-have conversations before having kids. Deciding to have kids is one of the most life-altering decisions you'll ever make. If you and your partner are in the should we have kids or are we ready yet stage of life, this is the episode for you. We're tackling the five things you need to discuss before you get down to business, as it were. Guys, this is such a personal and sometimes difficult topic, but we feel like it's also very necessary for people to be out there talking about it because having kids is really no business of anyone else's but you and your partner. And this episode will absolutely respect that. And our intent here is to just give you some things you need to think about and think through while you're deciding if and when you want to have kids or even if you're already expecting. There's some topics to tackle and the ones that you'll be tackling very, very soon. All right, let's go. Number one, how many kids do we want? Oh boy, man, this, uh, this is a big one. And so often we talk to other people and they want to have either it's like they want to have a big family or a smaller family. And you definitely want to make sure you're on the same page with your partner because you definitely don't want to be in a place where someone wants six plus kids and you're like, ah, one, maybe two. So you definitely want to talk about this long before you're ever thinking about having kids because it won't go away. Like if someone wants to have a big family or comes from a big family a lot of the time, that's something that they're used to. That's just life for them. So if you came from a smaller family, that's going to be something you're going to have to wrap your head around and certainly a conversation you're going to want to have. Exactly. And it doesn't even have to be like a concrete number before you get moving on this. I mean, you don't have to know for sure, without a doubt, the number of kids you want to have, but you should be kind of on the same page. Like you don't have to know for sure, but if you don't have, if you're not even in the same realm, then it's going to be difficult later on. For instance, Brandon and I always knew we wanted two or three. And it wasn't until after we had our second that both of us were on the same page that it would only ever be two. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) Yes, there'll be no more than two for us, but it's important to have that conversation because even to the point where, do you guys even want to have kids? Because it's, it's a big challenge and it's something that I don't think you ever can really prepare for. And so like Meg said, you got to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room because I'm going to be honest, until I had kids, I had no idea whether I wanted two, maybe three. And I mean, I certainly didn't think more than three. I'm not insane. And for you out there that have more than three, bless you. I'm not calling you insane. <laughs> bless we you. We can't do that You're personally. A, you are a better and more patient person than I will ever be. And we are, we lift you up today. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, just being in that same realm of like how many, how many kids do you want to have? Because like we said earlier, I mean, the family you come from plays a big role. I mean, if you came from a big family, that's exactly what you're going to want. A lot of times you want to replicate that or in reverse, if you came from a big family, maybe that's not all what you want, but it's just an honest communication that you have with each other because you want to make sure you're on the same page. And really it's not a difficult conversation. I mean, I remember, 
I mean, not crazy early on because me and Megan have been dating since we were babies, but you know, earlier on in our relationship, we talked about how many kids we might want to have, you know, just dreaming about the future. And it was always in that realm of like two or three kids. We never really got out of that, that area. So like if someone very early on is like, I want to have six kids, you might want to be like, wait, was that a joke? Are you, you really want to have six kids? And let's talk about that. Right. And it's funny because as you were saying the thing about your family playing a role, I was thinking about, we were saying two or three and I come from two kids in my nuclear family and you come from three kids in yours. So the two or three pretty naturally happened in our case. Yeah, there's a ton of scenarios here, but ultimately you just want to make sure you're on the same page, talk about it, talk through it. If you're in the process where maybe you've already had one kid and you, or maybe you're pregnant and you're just talking through what you want to do in the future, you can give it a little time. As you know, these kids take a little bit of time to come out and they take a little bit of time to plan for. So just having that discussion at some point before it gets to the point where you're like, well, what do you think? And you're like, uh, your partner's like, I thought we were long done is what I thought. And so you definitely want to do that. Yeah. Don't let it get awkward. Just, just talk about it now. <laughs> and number two, which is what I think everyone's aware of, but not really until you have kids. Are you fully aware? Is just how financially ready are you? Because let me tell you right now, kids are expensive. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's funny because just in the past few months, we were talking with somebody at work and they had no clue how much daycare was. When we told them how much we were paying in childcare, they were floored, like floored. And we're like, oh, yeah. And don't you want to have kids right now? She's like, nope, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. And I think most people wouldn't really know that. I mean, I certainly didn't have a clue. I mean, I had older siblings, so I kind of had some idea at what it was, but they live in a completely different state and a completely different location. And honestly, it wasn't the same, but you got to look, look ahead and do that research and just take a real look, a real honest look at your budget. Because when me and Meg sat down and looked at ours, there was a lot of changes we had to make, at least initially on in, in our younger years when we first had our daughter, because it was like, wow, it was eye opening to see. And you really got to look beyond just that daycare thing. Like maybe you're going to be a stay at home mom and that's great, but that doesn't mean that the kid doesn't need to eat. <laughs> exactly. Or that they don't need diapers or formula or anything else that comes when they're super little. Yeah. And let me tell you, our son is two and he's just starting to potty train at daycare. And I cannot wait until I'm not dropping $40 a time on these diapers, which he seems to go through about a thousand a day. Yes. Yes. I don't know how many he really goes through, but it seems like a thousand a day for sure. <laughs> it's like pretty much the staple on our shopping list is diapers. And if we forget, we're always like, ah, oh, someone's got to run out and grab some diapers. <laughs> but even beyond that, I mean, you have daycare, then you have school. Once they get into school, then you have to think about college and how you're going to handle that and how you're going to handle those expenses. And if the budget isn't quite in order, what are we willing to spend less on? What are you willing to give up to make this parenting dream a reality? Because it's something that's going to come before you know it. And that is so good. Because I totally remember in 2013 when we were thinking about having Harlan and, you know, we, we knew, man, we are spending a ton of money eating out and doing all these things. And if we don't ever rein it in, like we are not going to have the money we need. So we did. We had to take a really good look and figure out what can we sacrifice so that we can make having this baby our thing. 
Yeah. And just as a side, I think about our vehicle. I mean, like we were like, we had a small car and I know a lot of kid, a lot of people before they have kids, they have like the fancier sports car or maybe they just have like a little cute coupe or something like that. And, and you start to put those car seats in and wrestle with those and you find out very soon you might need to upgrade your vehicle. Well, that's just an added expense and an added cost. My dad always likes to tell the story about my... Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. My brothers are twins, and he had like this nice, cool sports car. And when he found out it was twins... He went and sold the sports car, <laughs> and I think he got some kind of station wagon, probably with the wood paneling and the seat in the back. I don't I'm know. Assuming so, yeah. But it's just something that you got to take into account because it is something that you're going to have to plan for, and it is difficult once you're getting kids in and out of that car. And that might not be something you know of right away, but it will be something that you need to have the talk about. And that brings us to number three. Will one of us be a stay-at-home parent, or will both of us work? And again, this is one that might not be set in stone, and it can change as time goes on. A stay-at-home mom might decide she wants to work as the kids get older, or maybe even when they're young. Not all moms even want to stay home. Right. And, and it's, it's really, again, it gets back to having that discussion because it's going to be something where it could be beneficial to be a stay-at-home mom. And some of those, some people have that passion. They want to be home, staying at home with your kids, but you want to make sure that your partner's on the same page. Right. You don't want to spring that on them when the kid comes out. Right. Because let me tell you, you're sitting down, you're looking at the budget, you're looking through all the things and you've, you're planning on a certain thing. And so like if your partner wants to stay home again, that's great and more power to them. But you need to plan that out as well because you can save money in the daycare space, but you're also going to be losing that income that you've had in your married life. And so you got to make sure you plan for that. And that's something where I've heard of people where they just didn't really have that discussion. And then the wife got pregnant and she's a decent amount along. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to stay home. And the husband's like, wait, what? What? We never talked about that. And it's a little bit too late when the baby's due in a few months. Yeah, that's a that's a quick turnaround on the planning time there. And, you know, I am definitely... Always one of the only working moms in our circles of young parents, like at preschool or at church. There's so many moms who stay home and that's okay, but it isn't for me. So just want to point that out that like your dream does not have to be to stay home with your kids. I adore our kids, but I don't have any desire to stay at home full time with them. I like to work. I enjoy life outside of our home and I just don't really feel like I have the temperament for it. I see all these moms out there who are just handling these three to four kids like it's no big deal. And I'm like, well, I've had a good weekend with you guys. Now all we need is to head our separate ways for a moment. Thanks. Right. Yeah, exactly. You just you got to do what's best for you and your family and never feel guilty about it. Like me and Meg are here to give you these suggestions, but we're never going to point you in the direction that's best for you or your family, nor would we ever try. Your family is a very personal thing and how you do what you do with it and how you handle it and how you choose to position yourself is completely up to you. But honestly, like Meg said, if, if you work and if your spouse works like both me and Megan do, then you got to talk about what type of childcare will it be? Because if you're working a standard nine to five job, or even if you're not, you're going to have to come up with times where someone's there watching the kids. 
Right. Absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of different childcare scenarios, but really it comes down to what's your time that you need to be away and what type will work for that. If, you know, if you find a great home daycare, but the hours won't work because you just don't get out of work in time to pick up your kids, well, then that's not for you right now. And you kind of have to play around with that and see which, which place is really going to be okay for you. Right. And not only which place is going to be okay for you, but what's going to be good for your schedule, for your family and for your budget, because they're different. Everything's a little bit different. Like when, when Harlan was first born, we had her going initially to an at-home daycare. And then eventually my parents moved here and they watched our kids for years. And now we're actually using a facility daycare for our two-year-old Maverick. And Harlan did half-day preschool the last two years. But since that can't work for us anymore, we have to kind of figure out what we could do and what budgetarily will work because we're trying to kind of cart them here, there, and everywhere and figure out how that's all going to play out. Right. And our work schedule does, isn't going to allow for Maverick to be in a half-day preschool. So we had to choose what we were going to do for him, and we chose to put him into an educational you know, full-day daycare that actually gets the kids ready for kindergarten and functions as a preschool instead of a home daycare or another slightly less structured plan for him. So we had to kind of weigh all the options and see what was going to work. And I feel like the same is true for everyone. You have to figure out, okay, well, now that we know we're both going to work, where do we want the kids to go and how will that play out in our real life? Yeah, we've been lucky too because we've had some amazing experiences so far with all of our childcare, whether it was at home, whether it was summer camp, whether it was VBS, etc. Man, there was so many ways ways that we've made it work for our family, but it also might take a little bit of trial and error because we've also heard some horror stories of people that had to maybe change facilities as their family grew and as it changed, or just because once you tried it, it just wasn't for you. And there's nothing sticking you to one place. I mean, I remember just recently when we were looking at some places for Maverick, our two-year-old, we went into a couple places and they weren't really a daycare. They were more of a containment area for kids. (laughs) And I was like... I just can't see leaving him here and that's okay. I mean, that works for some people. It doesn't work for others. I will say based on my personal experience, that budget does come into play because a lot of the places that seem too good to be true, oftentimes they can be. Not so much with the stay-at-home daycares because we had a lot of good luck with at-home daycare, but it's just something to be aware of as you're going out there into the world that there's so many places and don't ever get discouraged because just because you pick one place doesn't mean you can't change. Yeah. Just don't be afraid to figure out the option that works best for you right now in this time. And don't be afraid to change later if you need to. Right. And that leads us to number four. What do we believe about discipline? Man, this is so tough. And trust me, it can change in your mind depending on the day, (laughs) but it's very, very difficult to have kids and know how to discipline them, know what's right, know what's wrong. Again, me and Megan are going to speak from our own experience and we're not trying to judge. So that's not where we're going with this, but you don't, what you really don't want is one day when your kid gets older, two years from now, you come home and your partner tells you that they spanked your child. And you're like, what? We don't spank. And it's then that you realize that you never actually had a talk about how you were going to handle discipline in your home. Yeah. And we are not saying that happened to us. Thankfully, that has not happened to us. But um, I mean, it could. The thing is, if you don't have the conversations about what you want to do and how you want to handle and just and obviously there's way more to it than spanking. But spanking is just the typical thing that comes to mind when you're talking about this stuff. 
Yeah, it's really important to have the conversation and just get ahead of the game and talk about it now because when your kid's little, when they're a baby, I mean, discipline's not really coming into play as much. It's really as they get into like their toddlerhood. Is that even a word, toddlerhood? Yeah, for sure. They get into their toddlerhood and they start to really establish like their own personal attitude about life, which usually is a tiny dictator and... (laughs) And that at that point, it becomes really challenging, but you want to talk and you want to be on the same page as your partner because what you don't want to happen as well is when the kids start to get a little older and they get smart, they kind of pin you against each other. And so if you guys are on completely different platforms, then like that's not ever going to work. Like if Megan's constantly telling the kids that they can't do this, that, and the other, and they know if they come ask dad and I'm just going to let them do whatever they want, not only do I cut Meg's legs out from under her, I'm also teaching our kids not to listen to their mom. So it's something that you want to make sure you've actually talked about so that you can be on the same page so that you have a unified front when you're coming with the kids. Gosh, that's a really good point because that does happen to us a lot where you know, our daughter who's five will try to like sneak something past one of us. And we have to be like, well, did you already ask daddy? Because what did he say? And just kind of have those conversations and see what's up. Because sometimes you feel like they are trying to maybe pull something and you have to be able to know how to handle that before that ever happens. So you're not stuck when it does. (laughs) And then, you know, the other thing is, like we said, there's far, there's far more to it than just spanking, but you have to figure out what will we do when our children act out? Are we going to use timeout? Are we going to take away toys or privileges? You know, are we the type of people that are going to yell and threaten all the time, but not actually ever follow through? Is, is that who we want to be if, if that is something we do? And you know, what will the consequences of our decisions be for our family? How will that all play out as we're doing it? Yeah. And this is a big one too, because you really think about your kind of attitude toward authority, your attitude toward being told what to do in life stems from when you're a child with your parents. Like, how did they do it? What consequences did you have for your actions? How did you have to you know, serve time if something did go wrong? What did, did it you, work? And did it work? And you can take a lot of things from your parents, but much like anything else, but you don't necessarily have to do everything like your parents did. And for example, like with me and Megan, Obviously, we had two different sets of parents, so it's going to be two different scenarios and two different ways to handle it, but that's something that makes it all the more important to just have that conversation before it gets awkward or before it gets into a place where it's just uncomfortable and almost a little too late once you're in it. But I would also say that even if you are in it and you're in that scenario, just it's never too late to just have that conversation. Right, because kids will adjust, and even if you've had you know years of just this loosey-goosey discipline thing, but you know that it's not working for your family, and you want to tighten it up, or whatever the case may be, it's not, it's not something that can't be done. You can absolutely retrain your kids to understand the new expectations in your family and how it will play out. Yeah, number five is, what do you believe about religion, and then how will that actually play into your parenting? I think obviously in families where both parents believe the same thing or are coming from the same place, this can be much easier and it's much easier to anticipate how you're going to raise your kids in that regard. But even so, it's definitely worth a conversation. Mm, Absolutely. And if you have different beliefs, how are you going to handle that and what are you going to do? If one parent, for example, goes to church and the other doesn't, will your kids go to church? Or if you belong to two different religions, what religion will your child be? And 
are you going to handle that differently when the kids are young and have no say in it versus when they get older and have their own thoughts about how they want things to go in that area? Yeah. And I mean, I, I remember a story back in college where I was friends with someone who he was a Christian and his wife was Jewish. And I mean, they were coming from two completely different belief systems. And it was like, how are you going to handle that as you have kids? And are you going to leave it to choice? Maybe that is what you're going to do. But you have to discuss that ahead of time because you don't want one person to be pushing their beliefs on the kid and then the other person to be pushing their beliefs on the kid. Well, you haven't even talked about it. And then you haven't, yeah, you haven't even talked about it. And you, it, it gets to be a very confusing thing, especially when your kid is is coming up and trying to decide how to how to interact with the world it can become really challenging if you haven't had that discussion beforehand yep and i think in their case if i recall the story correctly they did they were just like well we're just going to wait and see what our child wants to do as they get older and we can kind of explain where we both come from and we'll follow it through like that yeah and really i mean even in the even in the realm of religion, then whatever religion that you are and whatever religion, if you're in the same boat, what does the religious side of it actually say about parenting? And what does it say about being a parent? And what does it say about the principles of being a parent? And do you agree with that? And are you going to do exactly as that says? Or are you going to kind of go off and do your own thing? But it's just all important to have that discussion because again, you don't want it to get to a place where it seems like it's too late, even though, as Megan said, and I completely agree, it's never too late. It's never too late to make that change. It's never too late to have any of these discussions. Yeah, it's great to have them up front if you can, but if you're in a place where you maybe already have some kids and that's not a discussion you've had, we just always encourage you to have that discussion now and there's really nothing stopping you from doing that. You know, the thing is, being a parent is so rewarding, but it's also such hard work. There's nothing like the love you have for your child, but there's also an amazing amount of responsibility there that you've never even come close to having before you were a parent. Every decision you make could impact your children. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, are you ready for that level? Are you ready? Are you ready to do that? Yeah. And I mean, it's the most honest question you can ask yourself. Are we ready? I'm here to tell you as a parent of two, no, you're never actually ready. But that's okay. Having these discussions will help prepare you a little bit more. I often think about when you're preparing for a big game or maybe you're preparing for a big event. What do you do before that? You plan, you talk, you strategize how you're going to do it. And it often makes things a little bit easier. And what we're really hoping is that this episode has given you some good conversation starters for you couples out there thinking about having kids either now or in the future. If you're an expecting parent or even parents who have yet to really even talk about these things or talk through them together, we don't think it's ever too late to start talking. So just go out there and have that conversation. Hey, thanks for tuning in another show of Fools in Love podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast or follow us over on Facebook at Fools in Love podcast or hit us up on Instagram. Megan's at This Average Mom. And I'm at Brandon Giggling. We'd love to hear from you over there. Talk soon.